This morning, or this day, we are going to continue in the series that Pastor started last week, that is contending for the faith. Contending for the faith. And I want us to go to the, the text that we used last week, which is Jude, from verse 1. Jude is only one chapter in the Bible, that's the book before Revelations. Jude, verses 1, today we'll be focusing on verses 1 to verse 3. Amen. Let's bow our head. Father in heaven, how we love you. We'll lift your name in all the earth. And we say, Lord, may your kingdom, may your presence be established, be enthroned in our midst today. Be Lord over all that concerns us, Father. In the name of Jesus, we ask, O oh Lord, that the entrance of your word cause it to bring forth light and understanding unto our heart. We, open our, we declare that our eyes are open to see what you are showing us. And our ears are open to, he, to hear that which you are saying to us. And our hearts are open. They are not clogged, Lord, to receive that which you are imparting into our spirit. We thank you, precious Father. Holy Spirit, I ask that you brood over each and every here at this day. That let your word transform lives. Let your word set the captives free. Let your word deliver in the name of Jesus. Thank you, my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Jude, verse 1 to 3. Hallelujah. Jude, a bond servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. If you are here last week, pastor dealt a lot on Jude being the bond servant of Jesus Christ. His relationship with the Lord Jesus. He was the half-brother of Jesus of our Lord Jesus. I'm not going to go into all that details again. You can go to the website for the audio version of that message or our YouTube channel for the video message. Hallelujah. You can go back to it and listen to it. Jude, a bond servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Verse 3. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Praise the name of the Lord. I want us to read the same scripture. In the Passion Translation, hallelujah, the Passion Translation, Jude, from verse 1, from Judah, remember last week, Pastor was saying that Jude also means Judah, but to differentiate him from Judas Iscariot, the notorious one, he was called Jude. From Judah, a loving servant of Jesus, the anointed one, and brother of Jacob. I'm writing to, to the chosen ones who are wrapped in the love of Father God, kept and guarded for Jesus the Messiah. May God's mercy, peace, and love cascade over you. 
Dearly loved friends, I was fully intending to write to you about our amazing salvation we all participate in, but felt the need instead to challenge you to vigorously defend and contend for the beliefs that we cherish. For God, through the apostles, has once for all entrusted these truths to his holy believers. Jude was going in a particular direction, wanting to talk about the common salvation. And from the message last week, we, we discovered that it's not that the, the salvation is cheap, but no, 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 it's available to everyone. Please go back and listen again and again to those messages. He was going in a particular direction, and he felt compelled that, wait a minute, no, 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 this is where God wants me to go. Can God change the direction you are going in? Can he change your path? Can he change what you, want, you intend to do? Or no, it's what I want to do, that's what I'm going to do. Let's read the same verses in the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation. It says, this letter is from Jude, a slave of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. James also was a brother, half-brother of the Lord Jesus. He says, I'm writing to you who are called to live in the love of God the Father and the care of Jesus Christ. May you receive more and more of God's mercy, peace, and love. Hallelujah. Dearly loved friends, I have been I had been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation we all share. Look at it here. This is what he this was his intention. But something changed. He says, "But now I find that I must write about something else." God changed his what he was about to write. God changed the direction he was going. He says, "This is expedient. You need to talk to tell them about this. You need to talk about this first and foremost." That's why we were, we've been looking at the, king, the, the kingdom mandate for a couple of weeks. But now the direction has changed because God wants us to focus on something else. That same, di another direction. He says, find that I must write about something else, urging you to defend the truth of the good news. God gave this unchanging truth once for all time to his holy people contending for the faith. That's how the new King James and the King James put it, contending for the faith. And we looked at what does that word contend, what does it mean? And I want to remind us of some of the definitions of what does it mean to contend. To contend means to wrestle against, you know, to wrestle, to wrestle against, that is to fight against, to, to strive against, to come against, to wrestle against. It also means to make a hard, diligent effort against. To make a hard, diligent effort against. Amen. It also means to defend. It also speaks of hard, diligent work. Hard, diligent work. That's what the word content. You can see that there's something coming against that has to be overcome. There's something that is restraining, that is coming against, that has to be pushed away, has to be weeded off, has to be pushed aside. 
And it's going to take a lot of effort. It says it's a, to wrestle against. It's, it's a hard, diligent effort against. Not a lackadaisical attitude. Not a, okay, let me try. It's not a try. This is not the issue of trying. To contend does not mean to try. Because there's, a, there's an opposition. There's something that needs to be moved out of the way that looks so formidable. But it has to be moved. So it's earnest. That's why he says earnest. Content earnestly for the faith. You contend earnestly. What does that word earnestly mean? We looked at it also last week. The word earnest, it means with all your heart, with all your being, not just whether you, whether in, a, in a lukewarm manner. It's with all your heart. Be passionate about it. It also means in a serious and determined way, earnestly, a serious and determined way, we have to contend for the faith. Praise the name of the Lord. And also we looked at last week the fact that we contend for things that are precious to us. You don't contend for things that are not precious. Many times we just push it aside. Oh, this is not important. This is not important. But we contend for things that are precious to us. Things that are like treasures to us. If you have a precious jewelry, if you have something that's precious to you, you don't just throw it anyhow. Anywhere You don't put it anywhere. You keep it where it's safe, where it is secured, where you will not lose it, where people will not come in and steal it. You, some people put their, treasure, their treasures or precious metals or precious jewelry, whatever it is, in the vault. In, they take it to the bank. That's the extent to which some go. And when they need it, they go there to remove it from the vault to use. So we don't treat things that are precious to you lightly. Amen. It's also things that, things that we contend for, they are things of value. They are valuable to us. They are, same word, they are precious to us. They are valuable and also they are important. We don't contend for things that are not import, important. And the word earnestly, we don't contend earnestly for If it's not important, we just say, oh well, it doesn't really matter. I can do without it. Or I can get by. But if it's important to you, that you do something about it. Praise the name of the Lord. And the second thing that we said about contending was that we contend when something is about to be stolen or lost. When something is about to be what? To be stolen or lost. When something is about, when the enemy is trying to steal something that is precious to us, we don't, we don't fold our arms and say, okay. Okay, Satan, you can take it. No, no, no. We fight for it. We wrestle for it. We make a diligent effort against all the wiles of the enemy. Praise the name of the Lord. Today we want to look at what aspect of contending. Why do we, what are the things that enable us to contend? What are the things that happen to us that will cause us to want to contend? Or what are things that, you know, in our everyday life, that if we are not careful, if we don't take heed to them, things will slip out of our way. And this morning we want to look at distractions. Distractions that come about if we are not contending for the faith. If we are not contending earnestly, distraction will, be, will steal it. Distraction will cause us to fall short. And I want to say, what does that word distraction? What does it mean? 
Yes, you have an idea. I'm, I'm sure your head is rolling. Okay, distraction means this. Yes, it means that. And in addition to what you're thinking, distraction is something that turns your attention away from. It turns your attention away. You are focused in this direction, but you've been distracted. It has turned your attention away. It also means something that prevents you from concentrating or focusing. Whatever hinders you from concentrating and focusing is a distraction. Amen. It also means to take your attention from what you are supposed to be doing. When you are not focused on what you are supposed to be doing, when your attention is taken away from what you are supposed to be doing, whatever is causing it is a distraction. So you can see that from all what we've mentioned, mentioned now, distraction will cause you to come short, will take away things from you, will hinder you, will prevent you. It will let you get to that goal. It will let you get to the destination. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And I want to focus, I want to use some examples to let it hit home, to help us to understand. Every, for every one of us, remember, not everyone, every one of us, yeah, the days we are in, look around you. The whole world has been in turmoil for almost two years now. Why? Because of the so-called coronavirus sent from the pit of hell. It has thrown the whole world into chaos. Last year, the whole, I've never seen that happen. It's, a, it's what people are saying, it's a century, a century happening. It doesn't happen in a hundred years. The whole world was locked down. I remember when, sometimes when I go out, buying fuel for the car, it had never gotten to that. I bought it few cents. I'm like, how did this happen? Why did it fall? Even the, the cost of crude went to below zero. Nobody was buying. And they were like, that, come and take, come and take, come and take. But nobody was taking because nobody was moving around. So everything was grounded. So they, it was like cheap. Of no value became worthless. That was what the extent to which the whole world found itself last year. But thank God we are on the move again. We are, things are rising up. But now, there are some things that have happened. Coming back to, to you and to ourselves as a church, as believers, how has this pandemic been a distraction to you? Has it been a distraction or it hasn't been a distraction? You've, just, you've, you've continued with all that you are doing just the way it was before. I want to pose some, you know, some questions to us. I want to pose some scenarios to us. And I want us to look at ourselves. I didn't say look at somebody else. And if you are married, I didn't say look at your spouse. Look at yourself. I want us to look inward today. I want us to examine ourselves. A life that is not worth examining is not worth living. We need to examine our lives. We need to examine what we are doing. Are we profitable or we are unprofitable? Are we doing what we're supposed to do or we are not? Before the pandemic started, everyone, at least a lot of us, were faithful to Hebrews 10.25. 
What does, that, what does Hebrews 10.25 say? Can we go there quickly? Hebrews 10.25, what does it say? Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25. What does it say? It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Meaning that before this whole pandemic, the whole lockdown and scenario started, you are faithful in coming into God's presence. You are faithful in coming to his coming together as believers, as a church, as a body of Christ. You are diligent in doing it. Nothing will take, it, take you away from his presence. You are like, always, I have to be in the presence of my Lord. I have to be in corporate worship. I have to be there. I have to be there. But I have to be in, in, in no, with my brethren. Because the Bible tells us that iron sharpeneth iron. Uh, when, I, we, when we come together like that, we encourage one another. Oh, I might feel I'm going through something, something really, really terrible. And when I hear the testimony of another person, I look at myself, I'm like, okay, mine is not as difficult, as bad as that. Lord, I thank you. We encourage one another. But you might say, oh, but we are not meeting together. We are not meeting together now. But it's not for long. Hallelujah. But now, have you been diligent in coming to his presence, even in your home? Have you been diligent in worshiping the Lord? Have you been diligent in joining the Bible study? Oh, I'm busy at work. Have you been diligent in joining the live broadcast? Have you been diligent in the, your study of the word? Have you been diligent in prayer? Have you been diligent in that? Those are some of the distractions. Those are some of the things that has happened to us or to the church, even in the last two years. Hallelujah. Or is it when you're watching like this, we are, you are seated, are you distracted? Is the kettle on the fire? Is the pot cooking on the, on the gas cooker on the stove? Or are you vacuuming? How can you be vacuuming and saying you're listening to the word of God? Even the noise of the vacuum is enough distraction. We do that deceiving ourselves, appeasing our conscience that, okay, at least I'm listening. No, no, you are not listening. You are wasting your time. Hallelujah. Are you distracted with other things while the word is being preached? Are you seated or doing something that's totally different? We put it on in the background. It's the noise in the background. Just making, and you're saying, okay, yes, I'm listening. No, you are not listening because you are not focused. Remember what we said about distraction. It doesn't let you, it doesn't, you are not focused. It keeps you, it takes your attention away from what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be in his presence. You're supposed to be listening to his word. You're supposed to open your heart to receive. There's supposed to be a spirit to spirit transaction going on. Remember, we're talking about contending for the faith. Something else is taking your attention away from what you're supposed to be doing. And it's called distraction. And it's something we need to contend for. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Or it could be, for example, like in this part of the world, it might be the same other, 
elsewhere. Oh, there's a pandemic. There's a this. There's a lockdown. Well, we're not meeting for now. Well, I can take up more shifts. I can take up more jobs. I can put my job for Sunday. Remember, before this whole thing started, you were what? You were diligent. You were faithful. You were full of zeal. The zeal of the Lord consumed you. It propelled you to seek his face. To do that which is, he has ordained you. But now, we have an excuse. Okay, at least we're not, we're, we're not meeting. And you know what? You know the excuse we give? I can go and listen to it later. It's, it's always on the, on the, either on the YouTube channel or on, on the website. I can go back and listen to it. But you know what? You never do. You don't. How many of us have said that to ourselves? I'll watch it later. Let me quickly go and take, pick up this job. Let me quickly undo this job for this customer. I'll listen to it later. Later has not come yet. You've done nothing about it. And it has been piling and piling and piling and piling and piling and piling up. Oh, I will watch it later. Yeah, no, isn't it on the YouTube channel? Isn't it on the website? I can always do that anytime. Even in my car. In, my car, you are, in your car, you are listening to the radio. You are listening to other music. You are not listening to the word. Distraction. We are talking about what? Contending for the faith. These are some of the things that has stolen that, and that has sapped the strength out of the church. Because we are no longer strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We are not doing what we are supposed to do in God. We are, not, we, are, we are not being watchful in the spirit. We are not praying without ceasing. We are doing things the way we want. Praise the name of the Lord. And we've also heard even, not just here in this part of the world, Australia, in other nations of the world, for churches that are no, they're now back, they're out of lockdown, and they're gathering again. It's been reported that just about half of the original congregation come to church on Sunday. Where's the other half? What are they doing? Oh, they're saying, okay, well, I can always watch it at home. I can stay at home. After all, I don't need to. I don't need to. But remember Hebrews 10, 25. He says, do not, not forsaken the assembling of us. It's an, it's an injunction, it's an instruction from the master. Don't neglect the gathering together. There's a reason why he said that. Yes, there was a pandemic and we understand that. And you know what happens a lot of times to the other half? They are home in their pajamas, on the sofa or on the bed with a cup of coffee. And you're, you're listening to the message. I can assure you, you are not focused. You are not pay, giving your whole attention to the master. Imagine the Lord walks into your room. And you're in, you're in your pyjama, pyjamas and with a cup of coffee. I'm sure that cup of coffee will fall down. There will be, a, there will be, there will be the, the presence of the master himself will bring all to you, will bring reverence to you that you even remember your cup of coffee or your toast in the toaster. Hallelujah. The other half, we are there. That's not to say that no online um, recording or online broadcast is not good. 
It is. It has its benefit. For example, maybe there are those who are overseas, who are not in the vicinity or near, bar, near where the, local, the church that is streaming from is. Maybe they are in another, another part of the world, this is, and it's of a benefit to them. We, we are not talking about that. And also, maybe you are ill or something happened that, that is, was expedient for you not to be. You, could, you just couldn't. There was a compelling reason that you couldn't make it to the sanctuary. But if there is none, you are supposed to be there. And you know what? The test is going to come. For us in the city of refuge, by the time we go back, are you going to be, the, be part of, the, of those who are in or those who are out? Why must your name be labeled among those who are out? Why can't you be part of those who will be holding up the flag for the master? The Lord, here we are. Send us, we are here. We are the army. Imagine the army of a nation. And some of the, some of the soldiers, they are like relaxing in their bunks. Meanwhile, war is raging all around them. And some have gone to the battlefield. And the others are just... Uh, Playing around. No, you don't see them playing around. They are serious because they have an assignment. They have a mission. They have a goal. The same thing with us as believers. There's an assignment. There's a goal for us. God is sending us. God, is re God needs us in this final onslaught, in this final no battle to usher in the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In this final battle that the word of God might be spread, might be spread might fill our land. He needs you. Angels are not going to come to preach. That's why we must contend for that faith. Don't, God is not a God of convenience. It's not when it's convenient, I'll do it. When it's not convenient, I'll not do it. No, no, no. God is a God of covenant. We, do, we, we are there whether it's convenient or whether it is not. We are contending for the faith. And that faith is something that we're going to look, be looking at in the days and seasons to come. There's faith and there's the faith. What is the faith? That is not for today. That is for another time. Contending for the faith. But what we're looking at is contending earnestly. And what are the things that hinder us? The distractions. That's what we're focusing on. So you need to identify what are those things that are hindering me from contending for the faith? What are the things that are hindering me from earnestly standing my ground for my master? What are those things that are, you know, that are hindering me, that are a distraction, that I need to put away? Hallelujah. All these things are what they are distractions from the pit of hell that are hindering us from fulfilling, that are hindering us from taking our place, from becoming who God wants us to become. And those are the things that we need to be watchful. Are we allowing this treasure, this wonderful gift, this precious jewel that the Lord has imparted to us, his spirit that is in us, are we watchful? Are we guarding it jealously? Amen. Or we want it to be stolen, our precious faith. The faith in which that has been imparted unto us, are we allowing it to be stolen? Are we allowing the enemy to cause it to become nothing? Because of our, we are not watchful in the spirit. Because we are not sure. We have allowed things to be watered down in our life. Look at your life. 
for a brief moment before this pandemic hit. Look at your life. Can you sincerely in your heart say that you have made progress in your walk with God? Can you sincerely say that? That, oh, I've made progress in my walk with God. Yeah, you might say you've made progress, but now, this is the other side. The progress you are making, is it the progress that God desires? Or the one you think you have made? Those are some of the things that we need to look at. That's why I said we're, look, we're examining our lives. We're examining ourselves today. Have you made the progress God wants you to make? Or in your own sense, you're like, okay, yeah, I've made progress. And how do you know you've made progress? And which, this brings me to ask these questions. Who have you been praying for? Or who have you prayed for in the last two years? And, their, and through your prayers, their lives have been turned around. I want, us to, I want to ask you, again, how many people have you won to the Lord? In this last two years, you might say, oh, we've been on lockdown. But you have not been on lockdown with the phone. Those family members, those friends, those so-called just partners. And I understand, and I, I, I learned that in, in, part, in some parts of the country, of the world, just might mean being encouraging one another. But the t context in which I'm saying is when you are, our words are useless, are worthless. When we're just having conversation that is meaningless, that doesn't edify anybody. That's the context in which we're using the word gist. Praise the name of the Lord. Who have you won to the kingdom? Who has given their lives to Christ because of you? Because of what, you do, what you've done, what you did? Who have you encouraged with the word of God? Or who are you encouraging those are things we need to ask ourselves. Have we let the words of God slip from our lives? Are we still as fervent as we was? Are we were, sorry. Are we still as fervent as we were before this pandemic hit? Or we've allowed the distractions to take our focus away from our faith, our trust in the Most High God. We've now begun to trust other things. We began to trust the social media for news. What about the divine connection of the Holy Spirit for the news? Contending for the faith. And you know what happens? We don't contend for things that are not valuable. We don't contend for things that are not important. We discard them. We don't pay attention to them. But if something is valuable to you, if something, something is important to you, you make the effort you make the time. If the word of God is not important to you, you will not make the time. But if it is important to you, you will make the time. It doesn't matter what time of day. You will make the time. You will make the effort to be in his presence and to be focused. You know, before God, there's no excuse. Because if you could give an excuse, Adam and Eve would have gotten away. Adam, have you eaten what I told you to? Oh, it's the woman you gave me. God didn't say, okay, well, maybe she made a bit. No, no, no. Now turn to Eve. Eve, have you done what I said not to do? It's the serpent. 
And remember one thing, there are consequences of every action. You might have been strong, but are you stronger or you are weaker? Are you contending for that which the Lord lay, you know, lay hold of you for? Like the Bible tells us. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you contending for that faith? Are you contending for that which is precious? Or is, the, is faith, is your work with God precious to you? Because if it is, you will do much more than you are doing even now. And this one, I know it will touch, it will touch some of us. How faithful have you been in your tithes and offerings throughout this pandemic? Look at yourself. I know a lot of religious spirits are rising up, but I cast them down in Jesus' name. Look at yourself. Our giving connects us with, the hev with heavenly supply. And you say you are tight. How will you not be tight when you don't pay your tithes? Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And you know what all this leads to? It leads to backsliding. Because backsliding doesn't start in a day. Oh, this person has backsliding. No, 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 no. He didn't backslide in one day. It has been a gradual build up. It has been a concurrent of events that's, you know, that, that has produced this. I always use this analogy. We all know uh, a ceiling fan. There's a fan that hangs some younger generation might not know what a ceiling fan is. It's the thing that hangs from the roof. It's hooked there and it has like three prongs and turns around and cools the atmosphere. Some know the standing one, but there's one that goes round and round in the ceiling. If it's, con if it's still switched on, that fan goes round and round and round and round and round and round. But the moment it is switched off, one, power has been disconnected from it. It has no power source. But does it stop immediately? No. It keeps on turning. It keeps on turning. It's still going very fast. That's what happens when a person is backsliding. It's not noticeable initially, but gradually. Remember the fan, it begins to slow down. It begins to slow down. That's when it becomes noticeable. But was that when the power was cut off? No, it has been cut off long ago. For many of us, our parcels have been disconnected. This morning, I'm enjoining you, reconnect. Contend, do not allow the enemy to pull you down, to pull you back. There's a, there's a victory ahead of us. There are battles to be won. There are cities to take. There are giants to kill. What are you killing? You're killing a, an ant. No, 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 no. There's much, God, there's much more. There are bigger things that we need to you know, confront in our lives. But it will take strength and power from the, of the Most High when we contend for that faith that is valuable. We don't let anything distract us. We don't let anything take us away from the path in which we should go. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's look at the example of Paul. Paul was a member of the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was the Jewish, uh, the Jewish high was the Jewish high court, and there were about seventy of them, and he was part of this. Very important personality in the society. They were highly revered. Philippians chapter 3 from verse 7. Do not allow distractions. Philippians chapter 3 from verse 7. What does it say? 
Philippians 3 from verse 7. It says, let's start from verse 1. Amen. From verse 1. It says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious. But for you, it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. That is those who mutilate the body. Those who, who, who destroy the body. Evil workers. Things that they're, they're clothed. They're, they're wolves in sheep's clothing. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 3. It says, For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. Who rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Oh, it's by my power I did this. I'm a self-made man. Oh, you self-made a disaster going somewhere to happen. Because our strength, our hope is in God. Without God, you are nothing. Though I, might, though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may, he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so, because of all his accomplishments, because of all that he did, all he's accomplished. Praise the name of the Lord. Verse 5, it says he's circumcised on the fifth day, on the eighth day, sorry, of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. See him mention his accolades, everything that puts him in, in high ranking in the society. It says circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel. Of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, hallelujah. Concerning the law of Pharisees, we are the ones there. We are the ones in charge. We know the law. We are custodians of the law. He was a, a, a man full of pride. You know, those who are in those, in those um, positions, they were like, they were revered. Next verse. He says, concerning zeal. His zeal, his own zeal was what? Persecuting the church. And he did it to the best of his ability. He said, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Despite the fact he was persecuting the church, the law, the letter, he held, he was, you know, he did everything with, without, he was blameless. Hallelujah. Now verse 7. He says, but what thing, but what things were gained to me? That is all this that I mentioned earlier. That some will count gain. He says, these I have what? Have counted loss for Christ. Verse 8. Yet indeed I also count all things loss. Why? For the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And count them as rubbish. Or as dung that I may gain Christ. And verse 9. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. That I may know him. Hallelujah. This is where he was contending for the faith that has been bestowed on him. All the things that were before him. All his achievements, his accomplishments, they were nothing before him. 
so that he considered them nothing so that he might know Christ. He might experience Christ. He might become one with Christ. He was contending for the faith. He says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want us to read it in the message translation. The message translation. Paul gave up his position. He gave up his privileges so that he might know Christ, so that he might know the one who, who gave himself up for, for his sake. He was not going to allow anything to distract him from the excellency of knowing Christ Jesus his Lord. The message translation. I'll, let's read it from verse 7. Take that from verse 7. He said, the very credentials... A message calls them credentials. It says the very credentials these people were waving around as something special. Don't you know what I have accomplished? You don't, do you know who I am? Do you know what we have done in this land? Do you know what we have done in this country? If the prime minister doesn't, if he doesn't consult us, nothing gets done. Without God, you're nothing. It says these very credentials, these people were waving around as something special, I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash, along with everything else I used to take credit for. But why? That is, why am I doing all this? Why am I contending for the faith? Why am I pressing against? Why am I you know, striving? Because of Christ. Why? Because of Christ. Next verse, it says, yes, all the things I, want, I once thought were so important are gone from my life. That is, it, doesn't, it no longer bothers me. It doesn't matter to me anymore. It says, compared to the high privilege, he calls it the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master. Firsthand, everything I once thought I had going for me is insufficient. Dog dung. You know what that means? Let me put it in our day, today language. Dog poo. He said everything that he, he, he had acquired, all those credentials, they are like what? Dog poo. The things he thought that were important in his life, they are gone. He, he, it doesn't matter. That's not what controls him. That's not what propels him. He's contending for, for, for the Promises of God. He's laying hold on the word. He's laying hold on the promises. He's laying hold on what Christ arrested him for. Is that is, is what Christ arrested you for? Is it important to you? Or you've neglected or you've completely forgotten about it? Everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant. Dog poo. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ, in verse 9, and be embraced by him. That is, is, all that matters is the Lord. Because when I am embrace the Lord, he will show me what to do. He will lead me in the path I want to take. Am I a doctor? Am I, am I, am I a nurse? Am I a teacher? Am, whatever, am I a builder? Whatever I'm doing, when I embrace Christ, he shows me what to do. He leads me to where things are happening. He leads me to those who I, I can transform their lives. Even through what I'm doing, I'm contending. I'm not allowing those things 
that the world, in quote, calls accomplishment to distract me from the goal and be embraced by him, I don't want some petty, inferior brand of righteousness. Hallelujah. See what he calls it. What men in the world would die for? He's calling it petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules. When I could get the... Hallelujah. God is... We say, when I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, God's righteousness. Amen. I don't know if you're excited as I am as what, by what I'm reading. Verse 10. It says what? It says, I gave all up that inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally. Experience his resurrection power. Amen. Be a partner in his suffering and go all the way with him to death itself. It's not talking about physical death. It's talking about dying to self, laying aside, not allowing the things of the world take hold of you, but laying them aside so that you can become one with him. What are you willing to lay down for the Lord? What is that thing that you consider valuable or the world considers valuable and God is saying, lay it down for me? Are you willing to lay it down? If you are not willing to lay down, you have not started contending for the faith. You have not started. Until you come to that point where when all that you have is all his and all his is yours, you have not started. Praise the name of the Lord. See the same scripture in the New Living Translation. Hallelujah. The New Living Translation. Philippians 3 from verse 7. Philippians 3 from verse 7 in the New Living Translation. What does it say? It says, I once thought all these things were so very important. Isn't that what we're doing? We are working 9 to 9 every day. We are neglecting his presence. We are not coming into his presence anymore. Things that were important to us, we have let it slip. Distraction has come in. He says, I once thought all these things were so very important, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Are you willing to consider the things you hold there as worthless because of what Christ has done for you? He gave himself up for you. He shed his blood on the cross that you might be saved, that you might be delivered. What are you willing to do for him who has given you life? Even to do the work you are doing. To do the things you are doing. Verse 8. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. I have discarded everything else. Counting it all as garbage so that I may have Christ. And become one with him. I no longer count on my own. I no longer count on my own goodness. Or my ability to obey God's law. But I trust Christ to save me. Hallelujah. For God's way of making us right with him depends on faith. That is the way to walk with God. The Bible says that you, without faith it is impossible to please him. And that is the faith you are not willing to contend for. Remember I said earlier, we will be looking at what exactly is that faith. That is not for today. Verse 10, as a result of all that he had enumerated earlier, 
As a result, I can really know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I can learn what it means to suffer with him, sharing in his death. So that somehow I can experience the resurrection from the dead. Praise the name of the Lord. All this will not come about if you're not willing to lay down. If you're not willing to contend for the faith. If you're not willing to be... If you're not willing to put aside every distraction and allowing God to walk in you, allowing him to build you up, contending for the faith. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. He was, Paul was not going to allow anything to hinder him from knowing Christ, from walking with him. He also contended for the faith. Are you contending for the faith? Or you've been distracted. I said earlier, what this, this, the pandemic has brought about. Are you am among the other, the half that is like, okay, I will watch it online and never go back to it. You know something, brethren? You cannot move to the next level if you are not willing to give up something for the Lord. God, wants, God is calling us higher. He says, come up hither. But we want to come up here, but a lot of things are dragging you, dragging you down. He says, come up. And you're looking at the, you're looking at all those things, the money in the bank, the, the trust, the everything that you have acquired in this world, and it's pulling you down. They're more valuable to you than the one that is saying, come up here. Contend for those things that I have in store for you. Lay hold on it. Don't let it slip past you. And like I said earlier, if you don't see the word as being important or valuable to you, you will let it go. You will not strive for it. You will not pay close attention to it. You will not come into his presence. Praise the name of the Lord. God is calling us. And finally, this, this morning or this day, before, I want to round up with this. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to one to two. Let's go there quickly. Hebrews chapter 12. The book of Hebrews chapter 12. I mentioned it briefly just now. It says, let us, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. The cloud of witnesses are those who have gone ahead of us. The saints that have gone ahead, that are in heaven. They are not seeing our physical exploits, but the exploits we make in the spirit. They are cheering us on. That go for it. Go for it, brother. Go for it, sister. Don't let anything hinder you. Lay hold. Contend for the faith. It's worth it. There's, there's victory at the end. There's glory at the end. Go for it. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance. Another translation says, let us run with patience. The race that is set before us. It says, lay aside every sin and the weight. A weight is different from a sin. A weight can be, might not be necessarily a sin. A weight could be maybe sleeping too much, eating too much, talking too much. He says, lay it aside. There are weights that will hinder. Can you, can you imagine someone who wants to run a race and is fully putting on full regalia? 
In the, some nations of the world, they have what is called their traditional regalia. Imagine someone, an athlete putting on that full regalia and wants to run. Those are weights. It says, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Doing what? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. When I, I want us to look at it in the, tip, in the message translation. When I read it, I almost jumped out. I actually jumped. I was like, Lord, I was so excited about it. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, in the message. And what am I saying here? That Jesus also contended for the faith. So if he did, what about you? Do you, this is the message translation, Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 3. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, that is the cloud of witnesses, who blazed the way, they're trailblazers, they've gone ahead, they've laid the example, they've laid, you know, Sometimes they are called the ancient pathways. Those who have gone ahead of us, they have created a pathway for us in the spirits. It says, those, all these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we'd better get on with it. Don't sleep. Don't be, sleep, don't be sleeping on duty. It says, we better get on with it. Strip down. Start running. Never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sin. Hallelujah. Verse 2. Amen. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we are in. Jesus began it and he finished it. And we are part of his kingdom. His DNA is in us. So we can begin and we can finish. And finish strong. He says, study how he did it. Go back and look at how Jesus did it. He says, because he never lost sight of where he was, where he was headed. That exhilarating finish. In, finish in and with God. That is, he finished in God and he finished with God. He didn't leave God behind. He didn't run ahead of God. He didn't run behind God. He was with, the Lord was with him. God wants us to run this race with him. He wants us to lay hold on that which he has promised us. He says he could, he could put up with anything along the way. Oh, there are those talking down on you. Why do you talk to me like that? It doesn't matter. He says Jesus did what? He, he put up with every, anything along the way. The cross, the shame, whatever. And now he's there. Why did he not put up with any of those nonsense? Because of the price of the high calling. He said he's now, he's now there in the place of honor, right alongside God. Amen. And verse 3, what does it say? When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, when it's like, oh, I need strength. Remember, I've not been before. I used to be like this, but now. It's like the power has gone down. No, no, no. It says, when you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over that story again. What story? What Jesus did. What he accomplished. He despised the shape. He looked onto the, he looked onto the finish line. He didn't look onto the side. He says, look at what he had done again. Go over that story again. Item by item. That long litany of hostility he plowed through. He broke through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Hallelujah. 
Praise the name of the Lord. It means that you are not without help. It means that you are not without encouragement. Have you been down? Oh, I'm not where I used to be. Go back to the book. Go back to the book. Go back to the book. Go back to what he's saying. What, he, what did he tell you last? Go back to that instruction. Pick yourself up again and run the race that is set before you. Fight the good fight of faith. It's a good fight. And it's a fight in which we win. Hallelujah. He says, contend for the faith. Don't allow distractions to come. Don't allow things to hinder you. Run that race that is set before you. Look unto him. The one who has gone ahead. The one who broke through. That means you also can break through. Look to him today. Let him be your pillar. Let him be your strength. Let him be your focus. Do not look to the left. Do not look to the right. Focus unto him. Contend for the faith. Let's rise up this day. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Most High God. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Contending for the faith. We are to contend for the faith. We are to wrestle, wage war against things that want to hinder us from reaching our goal. We are to lay hold on the faith. We will be looking at what exactly is that faith in the name of Jesus. But first and foremost, I want us to go before God this morning. First up, and I want us to, if you have not given your heart to the Lord, I want you to give your heart to the Lord right now. Give your heart to the Lord. Let Jesus become your Lord and your Savior so that he can give you the strength to run the race. So that he can give you the strength to contend earnestly because it's not by power, it's not by might. You can't do it in your own strength. You need the grace of the Lord. You need the grace that emanates from the most high to help you to contend it's not a physical battle it's a spiritual battle and it can only be won in the spirit go before God this morning or this day and, and give your heart to the Lord tell him Lord be my Lord I invite you Lord Jesus into my life be my Lord be my savior I want to run with you I want to walk with you I'm tired of doing things on my own help me Lord Jesus so that I can be one with you in the name of Jesus. And if you say, oh, yes, I'm born again. I want us to go before God this day and rededicate our lives to the Lord. Rededicate your life to the Lord. In the name of Jesus. It's not a time to be distracted looking around. and No, no, it's a time to go before God in humility. And saying, Lord Jesus, I rededicate my life for you. Re infuse me anew with a new zeal. Fill me anew with the Holy Spirit afresh to run this race. That I might run this race that you've set before me. That your, my focus will be you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. This day, Lord, we rededicate our lives to you. And we say, Lord Jesus, have your way in us. Walk in us, but to will and to do of your good pleasure. We ask for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Fill us anew and afresh, O Lord my God, with the strength to run this race. For we cannot do it on our own. We need you, Lord Jesus. We need the help of the Holy Spirit so that we can obtain the victory that was wrought, that was won on our behalf on the cross. Father, we thank you. We give you glory. We give you praise. And we say, Lord, no more distractions, no more excuses. In the name of Jesus. And by your grace, we will run that race. We will contend for the faith. We will lay hold onto the promises that you have given unto us. 
in the name of Jesus. Because this is a time to, for you to favor us. The set time has come, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And the time is now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen.